How you doing tonight? I don't know where to stand. It's a little different. It's, uh, it'll make you rethink. I, I do want to say this, and I'm probably going to just walk in circles, so just bear with me. But um, God's presence is here. He's here, and um, he's in this room. And how many of you are believing tonight? You just believe in God tonight. You just came believing. I know to come on, come out tonight, you're believing. And I, 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 when I was praying, God showed me, many of you, there's miracle signs and wonders that you don't even realize they followed you in here. Because they follow, the, the, they follow those who believe. And I'm telling you, there's miracle signs and wonders here. And I believe that people are healed even during worship. Some of you are healed. Some of you are going to be healed even during the message. And so I want to encourage you to open up your heart. And uh, just, just that place where you're hungry and desperate for God. Because he's here. And he's breathing. And there's healings taking place right now. If you've been praying for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I just need you to open up your heart and just begin to receive. Just begin to drink in. If you're, if you're thirsty, if you're hungry, just begin to eat it. If you need healing, just go ahead and believe for healing. If you're believing for God to bring revival in your family, go ahead and, and just whisper, God, thank you for bringing revival to my family. God, thank you for touching our cities. Amen. So we're talking about today, we're going to talk about rethinking church. And uh, we moved the chairs around so that we'd make people have to rethink. Because we all sit in a certain place most of the time, right? We kind of, we're creatures of habit. I, I know that I am. And so we move things around, and I'm a little uncomfortable. The, the media team this week had to make adjustments, and everyone, we're having to rethink, and I, I think that that's okay. I think that God literally wants us to rethink, and, and it's not ironic that we actually had to change the time of the service, right? We had to rethink. Just think if we, imagine if we're in North Korea, or if we're in China right now, and we're, we're not allowed to have church, uh, uh, it's not, it's not, the law that we can have church, and so we have to sneak and have church in different places at different different times. Can you imagine that? It's kind of like tonight, we just kind of had to meet uh, just at, at night, we just came together and we worship, and that's how the church was, that's how the church grew in the book of Acts, right? So uh, so I want to talk about rethinking church, and I believe that that today, that, that we're just going to take a, a, a second and we're going to reconsider what we consider church to be. When you hear the word church, what do you think of? Do you think of a building with a cross on it? Come on, let's, let's just think about that for a minute. If you see, if you see a cross, you think of, of a Christian, or if you think of a building with a cross on it, you think of a church, right? And uh, what else comes to mind? Maybe a hymn book or the pews that you sit at or, or an altar or, or, or what, do you, what do you think about? What, do we think of praise and worship? What do you think about when you think of church? What do you think about? And I just want to suggest to you today that um, the church is not a place. It's not an object, but it's a people. And we know that, but I, I really need us to grab hold of that because I believe that we're coming to a time in America where we've got to realize who we are. And maybe in realizing who we are, we'll realize what we're not supposed to be. And, and I just began to pray. How many of you guys... Um, it's hard looking at Facebook right now and Instagram. You know, honestly, I'm just going to suggest something, and I'm going to open up for just a second. I don't know what and who to believe anymore. I don't know who to side with. I don't know who's right and who's wrong. I, I know that injustice is wrong. I, I know that people being mistreated, no matter who you are or what color you are, is wrong. But honestly, I, I don't know. This side is arguing for this and this side, and there's such division, and Honestly, it's too, it's too beyond me. It's too beyond. I, I, I can't even begin to grasp it and comprehend it. I don't know if it's because I'm too simple. To be honest, you know, I heard someone tell me that, that, um, that one of the, the most mistreated minorities now is Hispanics. And, and I'm, I'm half Hispanic. And I can't even tell you. I, I don't even understand that, to be honest with you. And I was praying about this, and I was just seeking heaven, and God just began to speak to me the last couple of weeks, and he said, Ben, this is a distraction. This is a distraction. This is to distract the church. The church, not a building, not a service, but a people. This is to distract my people. And we've got Christians on their siding and fighting. I'm not saying you can't stand up for truth. Do we stand? Do we kneel? Do we? I, I don't know. I don't know. I honestly don't know. I didn't, I didn't serve in the military. I, I didn't, uh, I, I'm, I'm a little darker than white, but I, I you know, I, I, I don't know. 
I don't know whether to do. I don't know what to say. I don't know how to speak up. I, I do know how. It's just a little different than, than the world. But it's a distraction. And this is our opportunity to stand up as a church, as a people, and to be who God called us to be. I believe the strongest thing that America can see is the love of God. And how are they going to see the love and experience the love of God? Through his church, through his people, through us, through his hands, and through his feet. You know, when you say that, that we're going to the church, we're going to church, we automatically think of Sunday morning. We think of getting in the car with grandma and, and where are we going to eat after service, right? We think about all those things. We think about not misbehaving and, and, and sitting straight and, and, and trying not to draw on the little things on the back of the pews, right? The little tithe envelopes. Remember drawing on those? Being quiet and not getting the look or the pinch. You know, if, if you were coming to my house and you came to my house once a week, you wouldn't say, I'm going to Rodriguez today. I'm going to Rodriguez today. Are you going to Rodriguez? Hey, where do you go to Rodriguez? That doesn't make any sense. Because church is not an object. It's not a building. In, in the last few months, actually in the last year and a half, in Columbus, we've been meeting in a hotel. And it will mess with your minds. Because we don't have a place to go to, and, and people say, well, where, where do you go to church? Well, we meet in a hotel. It's weird. It's, it's, it's a little, it was, it's a little, it's exciting and new, new and different, but it's a little uncomfortable. We can't go there during the week and go to church and have prayer on Monday night at the, at the, at the hotel. So it's messed with us. So now we got to be the church and not go to church, because there's a difference between being the church and going to church. And... We have to be the church, and we have to meet at people's house, kind of like the book of Acts. So today I want to talk, if, if Jesus came in our service right now, and he's already here, but if he came in the flesh and you could see him, what would happen? I was, we were having church at the park. We, the church, were being the church. Let me put it that way. We were being the church at the park in Columbus a couple weeks ago. And I asked him, I said, if Jesus was preaching right now, do you think we would let him preach, Columbus? Because he was probably hanging out at the bar last night after the football game. And he, he, if you saw him, you probably saw some drunks hanging off him. And that girl or that guy who we all have to know has a reputation hanging off of Jesus. And then if he was here on Sunday morning preaching, do you think we would let him get up in the pulpit and speak? Or we, we would be like, weren't you at the bar last night? And then I'd say, well, how do you know he was at the bar last night? But if he comes in and walks in our service, what would he do? What would that look like? Well, I want to read a scripture in John chapter 2 and verse 13. Is church something that we do and go to, or is it a group of people that follow Jesus? When you go to a Mexican restaurant, when you leave that place, what do you smell like? A burrito. Do you smell like Jesus? Is there a fragrance? Is his presence all over you that when people get around you, there's something different? No matter what you do, there's a fragrance. There's an essence of Jesus. In John 2, starting in verse 13, here's a story. And this is what Jesus would do if he walked in this room in the flesh, I believe, today. Verse 13, it says, it was nearly time for the Jewish Passover celebration. So Jesus went to Jerusalem in the temple area. He saw merchants selling cattle, sheep, and doves for sacrifices. He also saw dealers at tables exchanging foreign money. Jesus made a whip with some ropes and chased them all out of the temple. He drove out the sheep and the cattle, scattered the money changers, coins over the, all over the floor, turned over their tables, then going over... To the people who sold doves, he told them, get these things out of here. Stop turning my father's house into a marketplace. Then his disciples remembered this prophecy from the scripture, scriptures. Passion for God's house will consume me. But the Jewish leaders demanded, these are the, the Pharisees and the pastors and the leaders. What are you doing? If God gave you authority to do this, show us a miraculous sign to prove it. All right, Jesus replied, destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. So think about this. Just imagine this. He, he walks into the temple. 
The Bible says that he made a whip. He, he took time to make it. That was, he, he had determined in his mind what he was going to do. He made a whip. He walks in there with a cause. And he begins to declare and yell and, and turn over tables. Now that, I don't know about you, but that's not, that's not something we would do in church, right? We, we wouldn't walk into a place and just start, if, if we did that, the security would be all over them. Or safety would be all over them, right? Brother Ed would be all up on it. He would be on it. He'd, he'd have his little walkie-talkie or whatever. Get over here, guy. He'd handle it. And if Jesus did that, we'd probably have him escorted out of our service. Can you imagine him flipping over chairs and coming in here and just making a scene? We're talking about church, right? We're talking about church. And we get upset. Well, they, they're, just, they're just praising a little too hard. They're just getting a little too sweaty. I don't know about all this yelling. It's a little too loud. Can you imagine Jesus coming in there and getting loud and turning tables over? Now, honestly, when I read this scripture, you know what I think? I think, how could the Pharisees do that? How could they stick their nose up at Jesus? If I was there, I would have been saying, come on, Jesus, get him. But honestly, we have to stop for a second, and we have to have a, an honest evaluation. How many of us would have acted just like the Pharisees? How many of us would have been like, you, you, you can't do that here? What happened if Jesus came in and just messed our service up? What if we didn't do three, two fast songs and two slow songs? What if we didn't have service at 10 o'clock in the morning? What if the ushers weren't nice when you came in? What would happen if, 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 the, if, if the chairs weren't the way you were used to them being? What happened if the service went to, goes too long or if it's too short? What happens if the air doesn't work and it's too hot? So I want us to think for a minute. What would it look like if Jesus came in? Now this table represents, it's going to represent many different tables. But there's a table here. And Jesus is walking in here and I want to discuss what this table looks like. What were the tables that Jesus turned over? What did they look like? And, and I want us to not just talk about the church or, or as a whole, but even personally. What is in our life that maybe Jesus wants to turn over? What is in our life that Jesus wants to come and, and flip over? And maybe he doesn't want to just flip some things out of our life, but he wants to flip some, some light switches in our life. Maybe he wants to turn on the giftings that were on the inside of you. And maybe like Paul told Timothy, he says, stir up the gifts. Maybe he's saying, church, awaken. Maybe church, rise up. Hold your head up. Right now is not the time to get discouraged or to have fear or, or to hide right now or be quiet. Maybe God is saying it's time for the light switch to come on and for you to be who he's called you to be. Maybe he's not just flipping over tables, but he's flipping on the light switch and the giftings. And he's saying, he's saying, Karen, it's your hour. It's your time. It's your day. He's saying, for those of you that have been sitting, you've been quiet for too long. You, you, you stop praising God and you've been silent. And, and God says, when will you open up your mouth and just begin to sing? It doesn't matter what it sounds like. When, when will you remember what it was like to dance before my presence? When you woke up and it wasn't about a building and going to a building, but there was an excitement. That, that first time you, you, you got touched by God and you just didn't know what to do. And you laid at the altar and you didn't want to move. You didn't want Sunday night to end. You don't want to have to wake up and go to church, I mean to school, and, and work. You just wanted to be in his presence, and you woke up just saying, I love you, Jesus. He's here right now, and he's turning tables over, and he's turning hearts over. He's changing things. You came in one way, but God's here to change things. It's time to rethink. The word rethink means to, to change your mind. Repent. It means to reconsider. There's dreams and there's things on the inside of people that have been lost. And Jesus is here to maybe reconsider. You're not too old. You're not too old. You're not too young. It's not too long. It's not in past. You hadn't messed up enough. It's time to rethink. So let's take a few minutes and talk about some of the tables. And I want to describe the first table is a table of comfort. This table is comfortable. Man, it, it's, it's a word that's made up. It's called pluffy. 
It's not fluffy, but it's pluffy. It's comfortable. It's, it just, it says, you know, like that recliner you have? Come on, guys, you know what I'm talking about. It's wore out, and your wife's trying to get rid of it, but it just, it has, it just fits you right, and it just has your form, and you can just sit in there, and it just, you sink in there, and it's leather, and, and it's, it stays cool when you sit down. It just fits right. It's perfect. It's comfortable. You know, I believe if Jesus came walking in here, it's okay if we're uncomfortable at times. It's okay if, it, if, it's, if things aren't the way we, we think they ought to be. I'm uncomfortable. I was uncomfortable setting the chairs up. I was uncomfortable for you. I get nervous for you sometimes, thinking where are you going to sit and where are you going to go and what are the people going to think and what about worship and, and, and just, see, we like our comfort. We like, to, we like to eat at the same places, right? We like to wear the same things. You look at my closet, most of my shirts are blue and white. I like to come home and, and I've got my routines. And when my routines get messed up, I get grumpy. Because we like to be comfortable, right? And maybe God is, is willing for us to be a little uncomfortable. Maybe he's, he's willing to move some things around in our life so that we, we don't pray because we want to and we just always feel like it. I was telling Bella, I don't pray because my oldest daughter, I don't pray because I'm a pastor and that's my responsibility. I pray because I'm desperate. I pray, I pray because I know how much I need him. And not only that, I know how much he loves me. And I'm going to position myself in his arms, just like my little girls when they come in, when I come home and they, they run and they overtake me and they climb up in my arms, even when it's uncomfortable. Even when I'm, and I got girls, so they just run and jump in my lap, and I got to, you know, I got to watch it. I got to protect myself. They just run and jump in my arms at any moment. And sometimes I'm not ready for it, and sometimes, I, to be honest, it's a little uncomfortable. But as soon as they get up in my arms, I think, oh, I can handle this. They start kissing me on my face. You know what? They got my attention. And maybe God's willing for us to be a little uncomfortable. Maybe he's, he's allowing things that, that don't necessarily feel good to go on in your life to get us out of our comfort zone. You know, it's, it's silly, but whenever things get financially tight for Julie and I, I know that God's wanting my attention. Because, because you know what? Other things can happen, but as soon as things get tight financially, I find myself saying, God, would you come in and help me right now? I just, I need this to be taken care of. You know what I'm talking about? Other things I'll let go by, but when things happen financially, God, I just, I need you in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. You said I was blessed in the city. I'm coming in, and when I, my bank account shall be running over, right? We start praying when, when things aren't going our way, right? Or we're taking that test and we didn't study. God, I need you to come in right now. Move. We like comfort. We like to be comfortable. We like for things to be a certain way. I don't know how many times that, that I've heard uh, leaders sit around, pastors, when we get together, and, we, and I'm talking about from different churches and different things, and we just talk about how to do things better. There's nothing wrong with excellence, okay? But should we shorten things? Maybe we should do this style of worship. Come on, none of you ever had this conversation, right? We need more praise. We need longer worship. We need a shorter message. Right? Those are all distractions. We're not here. God didn't call us to be the church to be comfortable. Matter of fact, the church we're going to be, we're going to be, the, the real church is going to be persecuted. Listen, if you're offended because of how things are going in America, just wait until the church really starts getting persecuted. I mean, honestly. And, and, and. The Bible says that these will happen in the last days. You think, you think because of the color of skin, and I, I'm Hispanic, and I'm not trying to be insensitive. Whether you're white, black, Hispanic, Asian, whatever. If you're a believer, Jesus said the world will hate you because it hated me. If it hated them, Jesus, it's going to hate us. We're his body. We're his hands. We're his feet. If they hate him, they're going to hate us. You got to understand that's coming. 
that's here, I believe, in a lot of ways. We, we, can't, we can't call ourselves Christians based on our comfort. And Jesus comes in and he messes it up. If you're here because you think that being a, a Christian is comfortable, you're, you're, not here for, you're here for the wrong reason. We like our chairs and our technology and our lights. And what ha- if the lights go out, people are running around. What are we going to do? How are we going to fix it? If the sound goes out, if it doesn't work the way we think it should, if the microphone's not right, we all get comfortable. Especially all of us pastors here on staff. If Pastor's mic's not working, ten of us run. Pastor, what can we do? If, it's, if he takes his jacket off, we got to grab his. We're, someone don't let that jacket drop to the ground. Come on, we're comfortable. Open that door for that young lady. Smile. Say, bless God when they come in the door. Hey, Nadia. Good to see you. We get comfortable, and he comes in and he messes it up. The second table that I believe Jesus turned over in the church would be the table of entertainment. And honestly, I, I'm guilty. Because we, we have, our services have went to lifting up Jesus and pursuing Jesus to where it's, it's, about, it's about staying uh, relevant. And I'm going to tell you, there's nothing wrong with being relevant. we we got to be fishers of men. That means we've got to use all kinds of different baits. I understand that. But we're, we're worried about, about being more relevant. And, and we've turned church into entertainment to where the, the, the preacher is now and the worship leaders are rock stars. And there's people following them around, and they got, they got groups of, of people following them around to, to take care of them. And, and, and we, we sell tickets to, to come hear so-and-so speak. And I'm not saying that there's, there's anything wrong with, with great men and women of God. You better believe if Paul was speaking, I, I would, man, I would do whatever it takes to get there. Or if or David's leading worship, you better believe I'm getting there. I, if I got to sell my car, I want to see David leave worship. But maybe we've turned somewhat of, of church into entertainment. And it is about entertainment value. You know, I hear people talking about, hey, uh, I, I, at my church, we, we do this. And we've got these screens. And we've, got, and we've got this. And at my church, we do this. And we do that. When this is all said and done and we stand before the presence of God and you're in, you're in right before his throne, I promise you, you won't think about the screens. You won't think about the lights. You won't think about the carpet. You won't think about the chairs. You won't think about the technology. You won't think about what time you got in service or what time you got out of service. You won't think about the praise and the worship. All you're going to do is say, holy. Maybe that's all a distraction. From who he is. And he's holy and Jesus comes in. And this table has entertainment and it has incredible songs. Do you know that a lot of songs are, are not even written by, by believers? A lot of the songs that we sing are, are written by, by artists that are great and have giftings to write songs. Do you know that Prince wrote a lot of worship songs? Did you know that? And we fight over whether we should sing this song or something out of a hymn book. God's turning over entertainment. And he, listen, there's a day coming, and I believe it's here now, where God's, God's just removing all the bells and the whistles. And what it's doing is, is it's, it's bringing a shifting in the body. And, he, and he's, he's grabbing all of, like Gideon, he's, saying, he's, he's finding out who's there for him. Because there's a difference between going to church because it's what we do or what we've been taught and because he's here. It doesn't matter if a 10-year-old's up here preaching. I'm here to meet with God. And he can speak through them. Yes, he's, he's anointed Pastor Scott. Yes, he's anointed Pastor Christy. And I'm going to tell you, I, I love them. I love to hear them. I, I love to be around them. But God's shaking some things up. He's shaking some things up. Why? Because he's preparing us for the last days. If we're the church, then it's not about a select time. That means we're the church wherever we're at. 
That means if you're at Toys R Us, the church is there. At Toys R Us. That means if you're at Ruby Tuesdays, the church is there. If you're at the Chicken Shack. Come on. Come on, Lecrae. I'm right there with him at the Chicken Shack. You know, if we don't stay creative, we don't keep people's attention. Right? I don't know if I'm coming there anymore. I like it. I like it when we do the illustrated messages. Remember when we did Nacho Libre? Hopefully, if we ever do that again, I'm not a part. <laughs> I'm still physically recovering from that last one. Did I say I love my pastor? Uh, yes, suffering for the gospel. It's a little different than I thought. We've turned ministries and ministers into entertainers and celebrities. When you invite them to come to preach, they, they say they'll come, but they'll send a rider over, and you got to pay a minimum of $10,000. And listen, I, don't, I believe in blessing the men and women of God. But, man, I remember a day when someone would just say, hey, you want to preach? And it didn't matter if it was in front of three people or a 1,000 people. You just were excited to be there. Remember that? It's easy to think ministry is preaching and singing and leading the masses. I hear people all the time, I'm called to ministry. And I want to scratch my head and say, okay, well, I'm called. I'm, I'm called to, to, to preach. Okay? Well, Pastor Ben, what do I need? I, I need a microphone. I need, what do I need to do? How do I write messages? No, you preach. Wait, what? Preach. Preach everywhere that you're at. If you're called to ministry, you don't have to, nobody, everybody will recognize it on you. You'll find yourself preaching at, at the hardware store. And to be honest, I have to apologize on behalf of, of pastors. I'm talking about myself here. Where we've, 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 we've put this view that pastors are, man, Pastor Scott puts his pants on the same way you do. At least we hope so. He puts his shoes on. I put, man, I, I struggle with, with, with discouragement at many times. I, I struggle with depression at times and anxiety. I am, I'm an overcomer because he's in me. But I struggle with those things just like you do at times. Man, sometimes I feel hopeless. Anyone ever feel that way? Man, if you're called, you don't have to wait on a platform. God's given you one already right where you're at. And it's time for us to start looking at church as not a place and a building and a platform. But we need to start rethinking church and understanding that you are the church. You are the hands. You are the feet. We are. And wherever we're at, people that are being touched by you are being touched by God. I've just decided to stop saying I'm going to be praying for you. I'm going to stop doing that and right then I'm going to say, hey, let's pray right now. Come on. Hey, Pastor Ben, would you pray for me? Yeah. I got, I got people that, 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 that just want to tell me prayer requests. Not in this church. But they'll tell me prayer requests just because they want to tell me other people's business. So you know what I'll say? Hey, let's pray right now. Would you just join in agreement with me right now? Let's just to begin to declare life and revival that you just begin to move on this family. Oh, 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 okay. Man, let's be. Let's be. Everybody say be. Be the church. Be right where you're at, right at your job. You're called. You are anointed. You are gifted. You are gifted. If, if only we would realize the potential and the God that is on the inside of us today, right now, if you would only begin to understand, some of you aren't going to be able to sleep tonight because things are waking up, waking up on the inside. You're realizing who you are and who you belong to. I'm his. I'm his. I'm his. I'm his. I told you, just like when I fell in love with, Ju with Julian. I asked her to, to date me. I went around for three weeks telling everybody, I'm the man. I'm dating Julie. I'm the man. I was proud. I was like, look at me. Yeah, even me can date someone like that. Look at God. I'm being serious, too. I went around. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you the truth. I went around for three weeks. I'm the man. I'm the man. 
How much more, though, we have, we have the living God on the inside of us, sitting on the throne of our heart. Everywhere I go, there he is. Where can we go? We can't hide from him. There's no depth. There's no width. So that, that second table is entertainment. He comes and he flips it over. And the third one, the third table that he comes is, is the marketplace. And we would look at this church and we would say, this doesn't look like a marketplace. But I, but I believe, in, especially at times in America, we've, we've turned it into a marketplace. We're constantly selling things. We're selling people to sign up to help in children's ministry. We're, 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 we're selling you that giving is important. Hey, give, guys, give. Need to give. We're selling you that, that you should worship. Come on, everybody, let's worship. And the church wasn't called to, to sell. God doesn't need to be sold. Now, yes, he, he calls us and, 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 and tells us to testify of who he is. See, we're not called to sell. We're called to testify because we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. When you give, what are you to do? Testify of how good he is? You don't have to sell me. I had my check written before anyone ever said, let's give. Because he's worthy. I came in ready. Nobody has to tell me to worship. I love him. Matter of fact, sometimes I just want to keep on worshiping when we stop. Because he's so good. Sometimes I can't wait till I get home so I can really act a fool because no one's watching me. I'm serious. Sometimes I don't have rhythm. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I don't want you to see me. We turn it into a marketplace. We're constantly selling. Hey, come. Hey, do this. Hey, do that. Hey, do this. Hey, jump. Hey, dance. Hey, move. Hey, and listen, God doesn't have to be sold. Now, let me flip that, church. The reason sometimes we're, we're constantly having to do that, because we have to, we're, we're facing an enemy called apathy. And there's a spirit of apathy at times in the church. And so instead of having to exhort and say, come on, we're, this is the strategy of where we're going. We're having to say, come on, church, wake up. Come on, people, wake up. Come on, wake up. Come on, wake. Come on, wake up. But when you understand that you are the church, then you don't come to be the church. You come being the church. So that means you don't, you don't turn a switch on, okay, uh, I'm going to church, and when you get, okay, praise God, bless, bless him, hallelujah, praise the Lord, brother. Start talking churchy. You're, you're being the church before you ever get here. Matter of fact, you might have to pull over and just shuck and buck a little bit outside and open the door and say, he's worthy, he's worthy, he's worthy. Because it's who we are. We're to be the church. Maybe it's time to rethink this. What would happen if 10 people came in here on Sunday mornings or whenever we meet, at whatever time, came in here already being the church? Oh, my gosh. And I know that that's starting to happen, but I, I want to make it plain. Man, come fired up. Come prayed up. You know, I had to learn something when, with pastor. You know, at times as a group, we'll write the messages. A lot of them are out of his heart, and he'll write them. And, and when I, this, several years ago, three years ago, when he would write a message, I'd have to pray. And it, it was, I found myself preaching it. But then I'd go back and listen to him, and I'd be like, man, what fire and what passion. But I noticed when I wrote, wrote the message... Man, I was fired up. And I'd call everybody, hey, you need to come here, you need to be here, you need to listen. And then he'd write the message and he'd be calling it, man, it's going to be good. He'd be telling. And it bothered me that I wasn't excited as he was when he wrote the message. And God began to convict me. And I made a determination, and I'm not perfect, but I made this determination. It didn't matter if I wrote the message, if I was preaching or not. But I was going to come prayed up. I was going to come, I'm going to fast. I'm going to pray. I'm going to seek heaven. If I don't ever speak or have anything to say, if no one ever notices I'm in the service, I'm going to act like I'm preaching and prepared every message. Because it's different when you make it, right? What's the first thing you do when you take a picture? Who do you look for? 
right? And we do that when it comes to church. If we're leading, we're going to invite everybody. Come on, you need to be here, Miss Gloria. We're, we're, I, I need you to come here. We invite everybody. We get crazy. Right? What would happen if we all prayed and fasted? What happened if we all came in here acting like we're about to preach? Because the time is coming and it's here now where that may happen, where he may say, hey, it's your turn. Get up. Come on, preach. Come on, preach. We did it to Chuck this week. Pastor sent Chuck to preach. Ready or not, here he comes. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are we ready? I know you are. So Jesus comes and he flips that table over. The marketplace. We're constantly selling blessing. Hey, who needs blessing? Raise your hand. Let me pray for you. Who needs blessing right now? Who need, come on, going once, going twice. Come on, give me $10. Who needs blessing? Who needs? If you pray, if you fast, if you, if you do, if you take 10 steps, we're, we're selling. Hey, if you only do this. And that leads me to the next table, and that's religion. See, religion is a form of godliness. Now, for all of us, we get excited about this scripture because we don't think we're religious. But you, you, do you, you realize even not the, the thought of not being religious can be religious? I don't wear suits to church. I just come how I am. Religion is a form of godliness. This world doesn't need a form of godliness. They need to see the power of God. They need to see the power of the Holy Spirit through you. When you're on campus, when you're at your school, when you're with your family, even at Thanksgiving. We need to see the power of God move, not religion. Religion's old. Religion's tired. Religion's wore out. Religion is comfortable. God didn't call us to the church so that we could be comfortable. I'm going back to that. And let me just say this. Growing up, I went to a denomination, no church, that at one time just really believed in the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but kind of got away from that. And church, you can walk in the church and, it, and all the churches smelled the same. It smelled like dust. We sing the same songs, and, and I didn't like it so much that I, I would make, I would, my dad was a pastor, and I would, I would make deals with him that I could miss certain services. Hey, if I come Wednesday, can I miss Sunday night? It was just horrible. And to this day, because God's really changed me, and, and I've learned that it's not just about going through motions, because that just gets old after a while. But if I go back to a church that's similar to the one I grew up in, I feel really comfortable and kind of weird. And I know that, you know, that little thought, because we like to be, we like our religion to be comfortable, right? We like to know what goes on in church. We as people naturally like to know what's going on, right? When you come in here and the seats are different, what's going on? What's happening here? Bill, did you see that they just, what are they doing here? I finally found a good seat, and now I've got to move. And when pastor says, hey, everybody move forward, everyone gets up and just like moves over one and then sits down. No, come on, move forward. I did. I moved forward. He's talking to them. <laughs> Religion, the form of godliness. The form of godliness. Remember the church moms, and they used to say pray through. Now, I don't believe that we have to work ourselves into something, but I do believe that, that, that we have forgotten how to stay and stick with it. See, we just, we have our quick little altar calls. And I'm not saying the more holy, the longer the altar call, the more holy. But you know what? I, I think that sometimes we just need to sit and wait at the altar until God says he's done with us. We need to shake off that religion. We just shake it off, and God comes in, and he, he just tears it, and he moves it all, and he just says, no, this isn't what, uh, this, isn't what this place is. It's a people. It's active. It's, it's moving. Religion stays where it's at. Religion is, it stays put. It stays right where, you're, right where it's at. Don't move it. Don't, don't touch it. It, it just, it's there to collect dust, and it's, it's holy. 
Let me tell you something. A cross in itself is not holy. It's a symbol. It's not holy. This building is not holy. The blood of Jesus is holy. Jesus is a person. I remember as a kid, we were taught not to, to put anything on top of our Bibles. And the reason we were taught that because the, the, the Bible is, is sacred. We weren't taught to, to read it. Can I get honest? We weren't taught to read it. We were just taught not to put stuff on top of it. Oh, don't do that. And I started thinking, maybe we should get more uh, stirred up about, maybe, and, and I understand a respect for the word of God. You need, we need to have a respect for it. But we need to be more concerned about what's on the inside than how it looks on the outside. See, religion looks on the outside. Jesus comes and he messes, he messes up the outside. When's the last time you were at the altar and you just began to weep and snot just ran everywhere? That's what I'm talking about. Just mess with our religion. I dare you to ask God to turn over your table. Ask him. Say, turn over. If I have any tables, God, just, just I dare you to begin to ask that. Begin to turn over my, the, my table. I love it because our Hispanic ministry is now going uh, out into the community on Wednesday nights. And they're serving the community right where they're at. They're rethinking church. They're having church outside these walls because they understand this isn't the church. That they are the church. And so, you know what? Some of us need to go in and start serving in a Spanish ministry on Wednesday nights. Well, I don't understand what they're, gonna, what they're saying. You don't need to. They're the body. They don't always understand what we're saying. I'm going to feel uncomfortable. But we asked them to serve. At the, let's do it. Let's join them. Let's join them. Let's jump in. Let's, let's begin to rethink how we do things. Let's rethink church. So Jesus comes in and he turns over all those tables. Do you know that he, he said that he, he turned over and he, he, there was doves and he let the doves out? Do you know that the dove represented the Holy Spirit? And what Jesus came in is he said, guys, stop, stop going after this counterfeit, this replica. You can have me. You can have me. And that's what he's saying. He's saying you can have me. We have a, uh, an individual at our church who has been in church most of his life. He's got a crazy testimony. He's very raw. And some of the things that come out of his mouth are, need to be censored. But um, he, he recently asked me about the Holy Spirit. What is, what, are you talk, what is coming out of your mouth when I hear you just praying off to the side, Pastor Ben? What is that? What is that? See, we've, we've gotten afraid of the Holy Spirit in church. Because we, we went after counterfeit sometimes. But the Bible says it, that, that it's a sign to the unbeliever. So we, we shouldn't be ashamed of the Holy Spirit because it, it makes people ask questions. And he was asking me questions and I, I said, man, I, I, I can't just give you a quick answer. I got to sit down. Let's go through the word of God. I'll, I'm going to take you through the scripture. So Sunday came and I didn't have time to sit down with him. And I, I had him pray with some guys and he, he messaged me, hey, Pastor Ben, don't just... Don't just throw me off. And I said, I promise you, that's not what I was doing. They're capable just like I am because we're all the church, right? We got to rethink. Pastor's not the only one that can pray for us. He can't. It's, in, it's impossible to expect that of them, right? Especially at Daystar. We got like 30 pastors here. We're blessed. Amen? And we got more that aren't even called pastors sitting in these chairs right now. Amen? Amen, Christian? Amen. And so I finally got to sit down and we go through the scripture. We just go through the scripture. And afterward, um, man, we just pray. He's rocked. He's overwhelmed. I go home and I look on my Facebook and I see this, this thing he says. Someone says, man, I'm, uh, you're so different. I've just, there's such a difference and such a change in you. And he says, he responds, he says, hell, I think I'm full of the Holy Ghost. Now, I think it's important that hell knows that he's full of the Holy Ghost. That's okay. Jesus was okay with church being a little bit messy. He was okay smelling like the drunk. He was okay hanging out with the sick folks. Man, I want to run around right now so bad. And some of you are saying do it and Julie's saying don't because you won't be able to walk tomorrow. But, man, God wants us to get messy. Messy. 
He wants us to be the church. He wants us to take the shirt off of our back and give it to someone in need. He wants us to say, when Fred stands up and says, hey, we need people for loving, the day star is running him down and running him over, saying we got to help to where the point he's got to say, stop, guys, I got more than I need right now. God, you got quiet on me. Come on, it's time we love on this community. What do you do when you see a homeless person? Do you talk to him? Do you greet him? Do you love on him? Do you give him a hug? Do you ask him if you can give him a hug? I'd ask him first. Or do you walk the other way? Do you lock your car? I don't know about this guy. There's one last table. Dalton, will you bring me a chair? If I have someone just on the keys. There's one last table. And this table is God's table. Put it on this side. It's it's simple. There's no bells. There's no whistles. You know why? Because the importance is not the table. It's who sits at the table. And that's what Jesus was saying. He's saying it's not about the tables. it's It's about me. It's about you. He wants us to sit with him. He wants us to understand that the church is not a place, but it's, it's a people. I'm going to do something different. Will you come here? Yes. When you least expect it, he comes and he finds you. It's going to be a big step. And he says, come and sit at the table. And he comes, and the Holy Spirit comes and just rests and says, peace. And he might even give you something to drink because he said, all you who are thirsty, come and drink. So we got a root beer float. He just wants to talk. He just wants to sit with us. He wants you to enjoy sweet things. I know this is a little uncomfortable, but, but the awesome thing is sometimes God has a way of pointing us out to say he hasn't forgotten about you. And the Bible says that great are his thoughts toward us. Great, great. God thinks great thoughts, many thoughts, right? So great that, that if we, it would blow our minds if we, if we could think all those thoughts. And God sits around and he dreams. Do you ever daydream? And he dreams about you. Remember those dreams you had at once? Seems like they're gone. He hasn't forgotten. Matter of fact, he's dreaming up new ones for you. And he's saying, hey, come sit here. Just, hey, you enjoy this? Well, I dream for you. Let me make some things happen. And today God's wanting us to sit at the table with him. He's wanting us to come and and to just sit down and to rethink church. It's not a place. It's a people. It's you and I. It's us. And his body is powerful. There's healing in his hands. There's strength in his feet. Today God is calling us. Now, a lot of times in our services, you give so faithfully. Tithe, offerings, different different things. And so, um, on behalf of pastor and the staff, just as a small token, we have uh, root beer floats for everybody in here after service. And if you're on, it, on the diet, pastor says it's okay. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Because God just wants to sit with his church. He's not in love with this building. He's in love with you. He's not in love with a building, Olivia. He's in love with you. He's so in love with you. I know this is awkward. He's so in love with you. You are absolutely beautiful. You're so, you are handmade by God. He could have had anyone else, but he handmade you. You're so beautiful to him. He loves you. And and you know what? You're different. 
And he made you that way, and he likes that. Don't be like anyone else. You be who he made you to be. Your smile has a way of lightening up the room. And that's Jesus in you. So this is what we're going to do. I want you to close your eyes for a minute. And I want you to imagine that you're sitting at the table. You're sitting at the table. It's you and him. What is the Holy Spirit saying to us right now? Come, just begin to ask the Holy Spirit, what is he saying to you? They're just going to begin to sing some worship. We're going to take just a few minutes, and we're just going to, what is the Holy Spirit? He's speaking. He's speaking. to rethink. eyes are closed, I want you to literally go ahead and see yourself in front of his presence. And I want, whatever that means, I want you to begin to posture yourself right there, right in front of his presence. If you want to stand, if you want to kneel, if you want to get in the corner or whatever, we're going to take a few, just a few minutes, and, and I'm going to end here, but I want you to posture yourself. This is a you and him moment. This is a, a special moment for you and him. Nothing else matters right now, it's just you and him. It's you and him. Go ahead and posture yourself. to us, God. Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. Oh. What a powerful word, church. What a powerful word, and you just stay in the position you're in, and 
I don't know about you, but we need to, Pastor Ben said it, say, God, whatever tables you need to turn over, just flip them over in my life. I know he named some tables, but there may be something else that the Holy Spirit, and I love that he said, God, there may be something you need to flip on. Maybe it's passion. Maybe it's whatever. Maybe it's discipline in my life. God, do it right now. Lord, flip over the table of slothfulness in my life. Flip it over in my life, Lord. Whatever it is, God. Because whether those people realized it or not in that story, Jesus was operating in love. A lot of preachers wouldn't preach that. A lot of preachers wouldn't preach what he did. They, they would say, that's not how you do church. But sometimes God comes in to mess up what we've become comfortable in and, and take away idols and tear down things in our life. And that was actually the Father's love, him going in there and saying, you know what, I'm not going to allow you to live in deception and believe something that's not of me. So right now, just search your heart like I have sitting there hearing this word saying, Lord, in all these areas, even for, even for your church, even for the house and I love it because God just confirms his word because he's already doing that at Daystar. He's already flipping over things and he's shaking things up. He's doing a Hebrews 12. God says, I'm going to shake things so that what remains is what's important. I'm going to shake things. I'm going to shake, shake, shake until what remains and what is left is really what's important. I posted it this week on Facebook. What if God were to take away everything that he never told us to do? what would be left if God were to remove everything the church is doing that he never even said to do what would be left wow Lord may we do your work may we do what you've called us to do God may we not be busy doing other things that you never even told us to do oh hallelujah Father thank you for this word tonight Thank you that we're seated at your table <laughs> with a root beer float. <laughs> and we can taste and see that you are so good. Father, thank you for Pastor Ben's obedience tonight. Let this word do its work in us. Let this word do its work in us. Jesus, thank you that you are the way, the truth, and the life in everything in our life. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your presence. Come on, sing it one more time. Everybody lift it. Oh, how. Come on, would you stand with me one more time? He loves. time, Pastor Shaw. I do like this one. And I could earn it. I don't. 
one more time. I couldn't earn it. And I couldn't earn it. I don't deserve it. Still you give yourself away. Oh, the Thank you, Jesus. How many received something from this word tonight? Absolutely so. Pastor Ben, thank you. Incredible word. We're all ready for a root beer float in Jesus' name. Olivia, just to embarrass you a little bit more, Pastor Ben was so dead on pointing you tonight. You've been in my heart and Pastor Christie's heart. The whole time we were away, young lady, we were... Um, we did a 24-hour trip to that church to minister to them, and you came up into our heart a couple times, which means you're on God's heart. And so when Pastor Ben turned to you, I looked at Pastor Christian and said, come on, Jesus, because, you know, he's really awesome. And it wasn't by chance that Pastor Ben turned to you. Many of us really need to know how much God loves us. I even took, I received the offering with that same message. We really need to know we don't need to get mad at the guy on the horse, <laughs> the guy that came and got Pastor Christy. I need to know that she loved me no matter what. And we need to really know how much God loves us. Amen.